0: Hello everybody and welcome into the Bible Reading Podcast episode number 140. Today's big Bible question, what is the most important thing as the end of time draws near? So hello friends, welcome to another beautiful Lord's Day. Some of you will be going back to in-person church today for the first time in a long time and I honestly envy you. I miss seeing the people of God. Some of you are still doing the digital church thing, like our congregation in Salinas, California. If you're looking for a digital church home, come join us today at Valley Baptist Church. Our gathering is at 11 a.m. Pacific and is on Facebook Live. All you got to do is search for VBC Salinas, that's Victor Bravo Charlie Salinas, all kind of one word there together, VBC Salinas, S-A-L-I-N-A-S. And like our page and then tune in, or you can come check it out later because the video will be posted there. We would love to have you. Shout out to John F. Finch III, who is a listener of the podcast from Arizona and left a very nice comment today at our BibleReadingPodcast.com site. He said, I listen to Pastor Chase Thompson's podcast daily. I love the way he expounds the Word of God in an easy and down-to-earth manner. Please be encouraged and keep up this great work the Lord has given you. You are making a difference in many people's lives. I shared episode number 137 with a friend and he told me he really needed, appreciated it. Last summer, my family and I vacationed in Bolinas, California. I have a niece that lives in SLO or San Luis Obispo. Love in Christ, John F. Finch III. I gotta admit, John, I really do appreciate your comment. It's very encouraging. I love hearing from listeners. Keep it up, but when I uh, read that you vacationed in Bolinas, California, I thought you had misspelled Salinas and initially recorded this podcast saying that you said that, Salinas, and I corrected you on the fly. And then I thought, wait a minute, is there a Bolinas, California? And it turns out there is a Bolinas, California. I'd never heard of it, but of course, I am not from around here, so I guess I wouldn't. So. I hope Bellinus, California, treated you well. Salinas, California is treating me well. Today's Bible readings include Numbers 26, Psalm 69, Isaiah 16, and 1 Peter chapter 4. Our big Bible question of the day was designed to be, uh, you know, pretty sensationalistic and almost clickbaity, but at the same time, it's very accurate to the passage. So let's read 1 Peter 4 and see if you can pick out Peter's answer to our question, what is the most important thing for us to focus on as we get closer to the end times or the second coming. So here is 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same understanding, because the one who suffers in the flesh is finished with sin in order to live the remaining time in the flesh no longer for human desires, but for God's will. For there has already been enough time spent in doing what the Gentiles choose to do, carrying on in unrestrained behavior, evil desires, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and lawless idolatry. They are surprised that you don't join them in the same flood of wild living, and they slander you. They will give an account for to the one who stands ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was also preached to those who are now dead, so that, although they might be judged in the flesh according to human standards, they might live in the spirit according to God's standards. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the very grace of God. If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides, so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal comes among you to test you, as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may also rejoice with great joy when His glory is revealed. If you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in having that name. For the time has come for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who disobey the gospel of God? And if a righteous person is saved with difficulty, what will become of the ungodly in the sinner? So then, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while doing what is good. So, As we have discussed many, many times before, most people's discussion of the end times and the return of Jesus focuses on pretty much one question. When will it happen? The very thing Jesus told us that we're not going to know. Unfortunately, this means that absolutely crucial end times passages like 1 Peter 4.8 gets overlooked. So, how do we handle as Christians things living close to the end times? Peter says that before anything else, above all, we're supposed to maintain constant love for one another. We often forget that Jesus centers the first and greatest command in scripture and the second greatest command in scripture around love. Love is so important. First, that we would be lovers of God, but also, as Peter is pointing us to here, that we would abound in constant love for each other. Brothers and sisters, you who are absolutely done and through with quarantine and being around your family, this is a passage for you and a passage for me. Above all, we are to love each other. Love covers sins. Well, what does love look like? Well, Paul says, first of all, love is patient. Then it is kind. Love is patient and kind. I submit that it's not possible for you to love someone and not exude patience and kindness towards them. Because first and foremost, First Corinthians 13, love is patient and love is kind. If your feelings towards somebody are not characterized by an attitude of patience and kindness, maybe you're missing love. Well, what do you do if that's the case? Well, you go to God and ask him to fill you with love and then you push your heart in the direction of being patient and kind, because that is the outflow of love. So my friends, are you, am I, are we being patient and kind with our housemates, with our spouses, with our children, with our siblings and workmates, as we all go through this most difficult of times? God is using his servant Peter today to exhort you and me both to, above all, be in constant love for each other. So let's close our discussion of today's passage with some wisdom from friend of the podcast, John Piper, on this topic. Piper says, Verse 8, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Love is paramount, and it will be needed all the more as the end draws near. Why? Because the pressures and stresses and tribulations of the last days will put relationships under tremendous stress. But in these days, we will need each other, and the world will be watching to see if we are real. As John thirteen thirty five says, By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Will we cover and bear and endure each other's faults and foibles, or will anger rule our hearts? That's a great question, and it's something great to ponder as we go into the rest of our readings today. Beginning with an exceedingly long passage today in Numbers chapter 26. Buckle your seatbelts. After the plague, the Lord said to Moses and Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, take a census of the entire Israelite community by their ancestral families of those 20 years old or more who can serve in Israel's army. So Moses and the priest Eleazar said to them in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho, Take a census of those twenty years old or more, as the Lord had commanded Moses and the Israelites who came out of the land of Egypt. Reuben was the firstborn of Israel. Reuben's descendants, the Hanakite clan from Hanak, the Palaeite clan from Palu, the Hezronite clan from Hezron, the Carmite clan from Carmi, these were the Reubenite clans and their registered men numbered forty-three thousand seven hundred and thirty. The son of Palu was Eliab, the sons of Eliab were Nemuel, Dathan and Abiram. It was Dathan and Abiram chosen by the community who fought against Moses and Aaron. They and Korah's followers fought against the Lord. The Lord opened the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them with Korah when his followers died and the fire consumed two hundred and fifty men. They serve as a warning sign. The sons of Korah, however, did not die. Simeon's descendants by their clans. The Nemulite clan from Nemuel. The Jaminite clan from Jamin. The Jachanite clan from Jachin. The Zerahite clan from Zerah. The Shalite clan from Shal. These were the Simeonite clans, numbering 22,200 men. Gad's descendants by their clans. The Zephonite clan from Zephon. The Haggite clan from Haggai. The Shunite clan from Shuni, the Oznite clan from Otsni, the Erite clan from Ari, the Aradite clan from Arad, the Erlite clan from Arli. These were the Gadite clans numbered by their registered men, forty thousand five hundred. Judah's sons included Ur and Onan, but they died in the land of Canaan, Judah's descendants by their clans. The Shelanite clan from Shelah, the Perizzite clan from Perez, The Zerahite clan from Zerah, the descendants of Perez, the Hezronite clan from Hezron, the Hamulite clan from Hamul, these were Judah's clans numbered by their registered men, 76,500. Issachar's descendants by their clans, the Tolaite clan from Tola, the Punite clan from Puvah, the Jashubite clan from Jashub, the Shimronite clan from Shimron, these were Issachar's clans numbered by their registered men, 64,300. Zebulon's descendants by their clans. The Saradite clan from Sarad, The Elanite clan from Elon. The Jaleelite clan from Jaleel. These were the Zebulonite clans numbered by their registered men. 60,500. Joseph's descendants by their clans from Manasseh and Ephraim. Manasseh's descendants. The Maturite clan from Matur. Matur fathered Gilead. The Gileadite clan from Gilead. These were Gilead's descendants, the Aizirite clan from Aizir, the Helikite clan from Helik, the Azraelite clan from Azrael, the Shechemite clan from Shechem, the Shechem, the Shemadite clan from Shemadiah, the Heferite clan from Hefer. Zelophehad, son of Hefer, had no sons, only daughters. The names of Zelophehad's daughters were Mala, Noah. Hagla, Milka, and Tertsa. These were Manasseh's clans, numbered by their registered men, 52,700. These were Ephraim's descendants by their clans. The Shuthalite clans from Shuthullah, the Bekarite clan from Bekar, the Tahanite clan from Tehan. These were the Shuthullah's descendants. The Aaronite clan from Aaron. These were the Ephraimite clans numbered by their registered men, thirty two thousand five hundred. These were Joseph's descendants by their clans, Benjamin's descendants by their clans, the Belite clan from Bella, the Ashbelite clan from Ashbel, the Aharamite clan from Aharam. the Shufamite clan from Shufam, the Hufamite clan from Hufam, Bella's descendants from Ard and Naaman, the Ardite clan from Ard, the Naamanite clan from Naaman. These were the Benjamite clans numbered by their registered men. 45,600. These were Dan's descendants by their clans. The Shehumite clan from Shuham. These were the clans of Dan by their clans. All the Shehumite clans numbered by their registered men. 64,400. Asher's descendants by their clans. The Imnite clan from Imna. The Ishvite clan from Ishvi. The Barelite clan from Bariah from Bariah's descendants, the Heborite clan from Heber, the Malkielite clan from Malkiel, and the name of Asher's daughter was Sarah. These were the Asherite clans numbered by their registered men, 53,400. Naphtali's descendants by their clans, the Jatselite clan from Jatsel, the Gunite clan from Guni, the Jetzirite clan from Jetzer, the Shilimite clan from Shillam, These were the Naphtali clans numbered by their registered men, 45,400. These registered Israelite men numbered 601,730. The Lord spoke to Moses. The land is to be divided among them as an inheritance based on the number of names. Increase the inheritance for a large tribe and decrease it for a small one. Each is to be given its inheritance according to those who are registered in it. The land is to be divided by lot. They will receive an inheritance according to the names of their ancestral tribes. Each inheritance will be divided by lot among the larger and smaller tribes. These were the Levites registered by their clans. The Gershonite clan from Gershon. The Kohathite clan from Kohath. The Merarite clan from Merari. These were the Levite family groups the Libnite clan, the Hebronite clan, the Malite clan, the Mushite clan, and the Korahite clan. Kohath was the ancestor of Amram. The name of Amram's wife was Jochebed, a descendant of Levi, born to Levi in Egypt. She bore to Amram, Moses, Aaron, and their sister Miriam. Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar were born to Aaron, But Nadab and Abihu died when they presented unauthorized fire before the Lord. Those registered were 23,000, every male one month old or more. They were not registered among the other Israelites, because no inheritance was given to them among the Israelites. These were the ones registered by Moses and the priest Eleazar when they registered the Israelites on the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho. But among them there was not one of those who had been registered by Moses And the priest Aaron, when they registered the Israelites in the wilderness of Sinai, for the Lord had said to them that they would all die in the wilderness. None of them was left except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. Psalm chapter 69, verse 1. Save me, God, for the water has risen to my neck. I have sunk in deep mud, and there is no footing. I have come into deep water, and a flood sweeps over me. I am weary from my crying, my throat is parched, my eyes fail looking for my God. Those who hate me without cause are more numerous than the hairs of my head. My deceitful enemies who would destroy me are powerful. Though I did not steal, I must repay. God, you know my foolishness and my guilty acts are not hidden from you. Do not let those who put their hope in you be disgraced because of me. Lord God of armies, do not let those who seek you... Be humiliated because of me, God of Israel, for I have endured insults because of you and shame has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my brothers and a foreigner to my mother's sons because zeal for your house has consumed me, and the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. I mourned and fasted, but it brought me insults. I wore sackcloth as my clothing, and I was a joke to them. Those who sit at the city gate talk about me and drunkards make up songs about me. But as for me, Lord, my prayer to you is for a time of favor. In your abundant faithful love, God, answer me with your sure salvation. Rescue me from the miry mud. Don't let me sink. Let me be rescued from those who hate me and from the deep water. Don't let the flood water sweep over me or the deep swallow me up. Don't let the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, Lord, for your faithful love is good in keeping with your abundant compassion. Turn to me. Don't hide your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Answer me quickly. Come near to me and redeem me. Ransom me because of my enemies. You know the insults I endure, my shame and disgrace. You are aware of all my adversaries. Insults have broken my heart, and I am in despair. I waited for sympathy, but there was none. For comforters, but found no one. Instead, they gave me gall for my food, and for my my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. Let their table set before them be a snare, and let it be a trap for their allies. Let their eyes grow too dim to see, and let their hips continually quake. Pour out your rage on them, and let your burning anger overtake them. Make their fortifications desolate. May no one live in their tents, for they persecute the one you struck. And talk about the pain of those you wounded. Charge them with crime on top of crime. Do not let them share in your righteousness. Let them be erased from the book of life, and let not be recorded with the righteous. But as for me, poor and in pain, let your salvation protect me, God. I will praise God's name with song and exalt him with thanksgiving. That will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with horns and hooves. The humble will see it and rejoice. You who seek God, take heart. For the Lord listens to the needy and does not despise his own who are prisoners. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moves in them. For God will save Zion and build up the cities of Judah. They will live there and possess it. The descendants of his servants will inherit it, and those who love his name will live in it. Isaiah chapter 16, verse 1. Send lambs to the ruler of the land from Selah in the desert to the mountain of daughter Zion. Like a bird fleeing, forced from the nest, the daughters of Moab will be at the fords of the Arnon. Give us counsel and make a decision. Shelter us at noonday with shade that is as dark as night. Hide the refugees. Do not betray the one who flees. Let my refugees stay with you. Be a refuge for Moab from the aggressor. When the oppressor has gone, destruction has ended, and marauders have vanished from the land. A throne will be established in love, and one will sit on it faithfully in the tent of David, judging and pursuing what is right, quick to execute justice. We have heard of Moab's pride, how very proud he is, his haughtiness, his pride, his arrogance, and his empty boasting. Therefore, let Moab wail. Let every one of them wail for Moab. You who are completely devastated mourn for the raisin cakes of Kir Haraseth. For Heshbon's terraced vineyards and the great vines of Sibmah have withered. The rulers of the nations have trampled its choice vines that reached as far as Jatser and spread to the desert. Their shoots spread out and reached the sea. So I join with Jatser to weep for the vines of Sibmah I drench Heshbon and Eliali with my tears. Triumphant shouts have fallen silent over your summer fruit in your harvest. Joy and rejoicing have been removed from the orchard. No one is singing or shouting for joy in the vineyards. No one tramples grapes in the wine presses. I have put an end to the shouting. Therefore I moan like the sound of a lyre for Moab as does my innermost being for Kir-Herez. When Moab appears and tires himself out on the high place and comes to his sanctuary to pray, it will do him no good. This is the message that the Lord previously announced about Moab. And now the Lord says in three years, as a hired worker counts years, Moab's splendor will become an object of contempt, in spite of a very large population, and those who are left will be few and weak. May it be that the Lord is more gracious to us than he was to the people of Moab who spurned him. May the Lord bless you, friends. May his face shine on you. May he give you everything you need and comfort you in this time of great struggle. Thanks for listening today. Please share the podcast with a friend. Good day to you and Godspeed.